Well, good morning. My name's Emily and I head up the team here at Resound and it's really great to have the opportunity to chat to you this morning. I thought we could look at the first part of Colossians 3 together. This is a passage that's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks. Um, so I just this morning want to spend some time thinking about what it means to live as those made alive in Christ. Um, I will look at the verse in a few the verses in a few chunks um, and I'm just going to pick out three things really. Um, so if you've got a Bible, whether it's on your phone or a physical one, now's the time to grab it. Um, and we'll just start with the first four verses. So since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay, so already just from those few verses, there's loads that we could talk about. Um, but the thing that really stands out to me is how to live as those made alive in Christ is to set our hearts and minds on things above where Christ is, not on earthly things. The first thing that that makes me think of is the expression that we sometimes use when we say that someone's got their head in the clouds, which I guess means that they, they don't have much awareness of what's going on around them. And it would be easy to read these verses and think that it's saying that if we are to have our hearts and minds on things above, not on earthly things, then we don't need to have an awareness of the world around us. Um, but I don't think that's what it's saying. Um, I would read it like this that we should set our sights on chasing after Christ, put our identity in him, make him the object of our desire, be made alive in him, not get caught up on chasing earthly things or going after earthly desires, not conforming to the patterns of this world but being transformed by the renewing of our mind as we fix our eyes on Christ. And then from that place, absolutely engage in the world. Too often the church is on the back foot or even stays completely silent when it comes to justice issues. When it comes to showing love rather than judgment. When we should be the ones paving the way. So setting your heart on things above doesn't mean don't engage with what's going on around you rather engage with the world through the lens that is being a person made alive in Christ. So my first key point then is that to live as those made alive in Christ is to join in with God's mission in the world. So it would probably be worth us at this point just exploring a little bit about what that mission actually is. So let me explain how I understand it using um, some helpful imagery that I've learned from others. So, in the beginning, God created the world and we don't at this point need to debate how he did it, but I believe that he did. And when he created it, he made it to be perfect and he made it peaceful. Not as in tranquil and calm, but peace as in shalom, which means wholeness. And so there was wholeness, shalom, in God's relationship with man, man's relationship with one another and with nature. But through sin, the world 
became a broken place and each of those relationships became broken. All of creation became broken and God's heart is to see them restored. So most simply put then, mission is creation healed. God's mission is to see all of creation healed, to see restoration of wholeness, restoration in his relationship with us, our relationship with one another and with nature as it was in the beginning. And ultimately that comes through Jesus Christ on the cross. Through his death and resurrection, we have reconciliation with God. We can be made whole, we can be made alive. And one day we'll see the restoration of all things and his kingdom will fully be here. Until then, we live as those made alive in Christ by joining in with God's mission, by grabbing handfuls of wholeness, of shalom, that was in the beginning and will be again, and bringing it into now to see his kingdom come. This uh, Tim Dearborn quote has stuck with me for years, and he says, it's not the church of God that has a mission in the world, but the God of mission who has a church in the world. And I've just been reflecting over the last few months as we've been meeting like this together, um, which has felt strange in a lot of ways. Uh, it feels strange now not being physically with you all and talking to a camera. But actually, this is a really exciting time to be part of church. Sometimes it takes something to uh, force us out of our normal routines to make us reflect and to take stock or of the way that we do things um, and out of what has been awful circumstances has come opportunity to think about what church looks like going forward to not just do things because we've always done them that way but to really intentionally seek God's heart for his church in this season so let's not miss that opportunity okay we're going to get back to our passage and um, we're going to read verses 5 to 14. And these next verses speak of the character that we ought to have as people made alive in Christ. So, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no gentle old Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail and unpack this part of our passage, because I think in a lot of ways it speaks for itself. 
Um, there's one thing that I will say. Um, if a child was to go out on a rainy day and get completely drenched and caked in mud, you wouldn't just give them a new set of clothes to put on top of the dirty ones because even if that hid the problem at first, the mud and damp would soon seep through and become visible again. So obviously you would get them to take the dirty clothes off and put the clean ones on. And in the same way, we need to rid ourselves before we clothe ourselves. And that's not a one-time thing. To live as those made alive in Christ is a continual process of asking God to show us if, show us if there's anything in our lives that we need to get rid of. And then to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness and love which binds all of these together. So why don't you ask God this morning if there's any area of your life that he wants to highlight and to in his grace bring freedom. Okay, let's turn to the final few verses then of our passage this morning. So we're on verse 15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are called to be at peace with one another and that means that we're called to unity. Being part of Resound means living as those made alive in Christ together in community. And we often talk about the Resound family and that's, that's how we see church as family. And you know what, family is messy and I would much rather be part of a messy, genuine family than a church that is like a consumer product that aims to be slick and to be perfect. And that doesn't mean that we don't give our best. We want to pursue excellence together, but it means that we're real. At Resound, being family means being prepared to work through stuff together, even if it means having difficult and uncomfortable conversations. I am not interested in being part of a family where we can't be real and honest with one another. There is nothing that we shouldn't be able to bring to the table and talk through. So living as those made alive in Christ means being at peace with one another and it means being committed to unity. We are living in a time right now where there is increasing division in the world and we have a choice about whether we allow division to take root in us too or whether we pursue unity. In the last month or so, more and more people are talking about racism. And, and as we were reflecting on this together, uh, a wise friend said this to me. For Resound, there is an opportunity to lead where society can follow, to model and to model unity and compassion in turbulent times, to seek God's face and let him use the storm 
to transform. Let me pray. God, I thank you that because you loved the world so much, you sent your son to die for us so that we can be made alive in Christ. And I pray that for each of us, we would live out of that place, that we would actively join in with your mission in the world, that we would actively stand up against injustice, that we would pursue Christ-like character and that we would be committed to unity. Amen.